welcome back to Us Anxious Folk. My name is Lauren. Um, I am here with Jess, who is a fellow Melbourneite. Um, she's also a mum of two beautiful kids. Um, and she's kindly agreed to come on the show and talk about parenting and anxiety, among other things. So welcome, Jess. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Um, we're just going to jump straight in again. <laughs> uh, can you please tell me your anxiety story? Yeah, sure. So um, I have generalised anxiety and um, it started really impacting my life in my early 20s, um, which was quite shocking and unexpected at the time. Um, I think it was around 2009 and I experienced my first panic attack at work in the morning mm-hmm. um, and it was really scary. And till this very day, that's probably one of the biggest panic attacks that just stays with me. Um, I think probably because it was just so shocking to the system at the time. Um, so I guess that was really the start of my anxiety journey, mm-hmm. which I really hate saying that word. Um, <laughs> but yeah, me too, but there's no other word. I know, I know it's like the best way to yeah describe that type of thing. But um, yeah, it's and it, look, it's played a, a role in my life ever since, really. So to various degrees, um, I've always just had that little aspect of anxiety sort of lingering in the background, and then at various times it, it may get worse, and and then I, I sort of come back down again. Um, um, but I definitely see that it's probably going to stick with me now for the rest of my life and now I think it's more about management mm-hmm. um, and then in particular uh, going back a few years ago when I had my second child um, about nine to ten months in I got hit with postnatal anxiety as well um, mm-hmm. and just really reached a point of complete burnout um, mm-hmm. and so that combination of postnatal anxiety and then and then uh, just generalized anxiety was um, not a good combination and just to add a little bit more fuel to the fire it was just as COVID kicked in and we were going straight into like that very first lockdown that was only going to be two weeks (laughs) it was that time um so that whole time was really triggering yeah 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 so pretty recent then as well yeah that was um yeah that yeah that yeah exactly yeah so that was sort of one of the times of my life where it really it, it really impacted me and it's mm-hmm. always something now that I reflect on mm-hmm. and if I feel myself slipping um automatically my mind goes to that that time mm-hmm. and which is kind of uh, it's triggering but it's kind of a good thing as well because I use it as a bit of a motivator because I'm like no I can't go back down there again so mm-hmm. that's sort of my sign to all right I've got to start kicking in with strategies to not go back there yeah um but yeah it was it was very difficult yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I can definitely relate when you said, um, you know, you remember your first panic attack because it's always the first one's always the, the scary traumatic one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's yeah, I I remember like running out of my office building, and yeah. walking with nowhere in particular in mind, just walking, and it was winter, mm-hmm. but I was like taking off my coat and like you know trying to get some air because I felt like I was suffocating I, mm-hmm. it was it was really awful yeah, yeah. I just walked and walked I don't even know how long for and I yeah. just go in, I think I took myself to a doctor in the end mm-hmm. yeah like, so what's when, wrong with me well, yeah yeah well that's <laughs> that's always the question we ask like where the hell did that come from yeah. but so did you know um 
when that panic attack hit, did you know that it was a panic attack or were you, um, I guess, you know, had you had some familiarity with anxiety prior to that? Um, not really. I did no, I hadn't had any experience with it. Um, mm. and probably didn't really think about it too much, but I think maybe not instantly, but I think, I think, you know, there was a point where I'm like, I'm, I'm panicking. This is this, this must be a panic attack. This must be yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I did end up sort of, yeah, recognizing that it was, um, and yeah, it was sort of, I think there's probably a little bit of denial there. Like once I sort of came down a little bit and saw the doctor, there was a sort of a bit of like, oh, that won't happen to me again. Like, no, nah, that, that was just random. Mm. But um, turns out it wasn't and it stuck with me. And I was going overseas for the first time shortly after as well. So, um, and the anxiety ended up coming on that trip with me, not to the same degree, but, you know, it was, it was definitely in the background and I was sort of on that holiday thinking, is that going to happen to me again? Mm. Um, and yeah, and that's sort of been the cycle of it since, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. always like, you're like trying to, you know, be cool with it being there, but then it's also like, like waiting for it to like come out of left field and yeah <laughs> well that's right yeah and I think for a long time I think for a really long time particularly you know I think it comes with maturity as well um but back then again like as I said I was sort of early 20s and there was probably a part of me that felt that I couldn't be vulnerable and I couldn't admit that this was something impacting me mm-hmm. um whereas these days I am I've turned a bit of a corner with it and I'm way more vocal about it this is you know, because the fact of the matter is, it is who I am. It, it's not who I am, but it is part of. It, it is a part of me, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, I'm trying not to be as afraid of it. And I think all those little things have made a world of difference because back then it was sort of like I had to be strong and like, no, I'm fine, and I wouldn't want anyone to know that I was nervous or I was feeling mm-hmm. anxious, and I had to play a role. But that in itself is actually putting so much pressure on top of pressure mm-hmm. on top of pressure and it's just really making it a whole lot worse yeah. yeah yeah we're very adverse to admitting those like human parts of ourselves that you know yeah. that are scared and are nervous um, that's right yeah yeah and I think you're right a lot of it does come you know as you get older and you sort of realize it's okay to yeah. to be human <laughs> yeah that's right yeah that's right yeah. so what yeah. was your um you know, you said you went um, traveling overseas and what was kind of the next steps following that? I mean, did you start um, seeing a therapist or did you sort of just manage it on your own? Yeah. So um, I think I can't completely remember the timeline, but so I think I went on that trip, um, came back, was sort of waiting to see how it was going to go Mm. and then it wasn't getting any better and in fact it got quite worse it it got worse in the sense that yeah I was yeah I I guess I was wanting to stay home all the time I didn't want to go on social like go out catch up with friends and I'd get really worked up about it and I knew that those things were um, once those things started happening um, I was like okay there needs to be I need to get some help and I was also afraid of um, you know like my 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 boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband, um, he was, has always been fantastic and always very supportive. But at the time I was afraid that, you know, if I continue down this path of pushing people away and isolating myself, mm. that 
I may lose him as well. And that was something that I was not willing to risk. So that was, again, another motivator. Um, so eventually, yeah, I worked up the courage and said, I need to get help, um, which is the best thing I did. So I reached out uh, to a psychologist and I was seeing her for pretty much six to seven months. Um, the first four months was once a week. And then we sort of, you know, sort of tapered off a little bit as time went on and I got a little bit more control. Um, mm -hmm. But that was the best thing I ever did. And till this very day, I still use some of those strategies that, um, you know, she taught me back then. Mm -hmm. um, and she really made me, well, she helped me get more comfortable and understanding it more, I think, yeah. which is yeah. a really big thing. Because once you have an understanding of what's actually happening, you can sort of, well, it depends on the severity, I guess, but talk your talk to yourself about it when it's happening mm. as opposed to oh my god <laughs> like, yeah you know what the hell but when you have an idea of what is happening you can try and rationalize it as best as you can even when you're in that state yeah, yeah. I think there's an element that our you know there's like our lizard brain that's obviously operating yeah. out of fight or flight and then there's our rational brain and if our rational brain doesn't understand then it can't talk down the lizard brain <laughs> so that's it, right you know yeah. everything's up in the air Whereas yeah. if we can get that, you know, if we can understand it a bit more, then we can sort of try and dampen it down a little bit. Um, yeah. But I'm interested in, um, you know, the strategies you spoke about. Obviously, yeah. I know that it changes, you know, as time goes on and, and yeah. Um, yeah. What what kind of strategies did you employ initially when it was quite bad and what do you still use now? Yeah, so I think now... It's funny, um, I think it's not completely different, but quite different because I feel like my anxiety these days is different. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually quite different to the way it was back then. Yeah. Um, and I don't even really know how to articulate, I guess, the two, the, the two situations because they're both anxiety, but they sort of manifest in a different way. But I think back then it was really a lot of sort of self-talk and pushing myself to do certain things. I really can't um, remember exactly. So it was, it was probably because the severity wasn't, I don't want to say the severity was, was, wasn't as bad because they were both bad, but in different ways. Mm. But these days, I mean, I, I could probably, I think back then it was more just sort of the breathing techniques and I can do this and doing little exposure steps. So, yeah. you know, I am going to go out for dinner with that girlfriend or, and I am going to do this little thing. Um, but back then I think what a big difference was, was that I, I, it was just me and, and my partner, I didn't have the extra responsibilities of children and, you know, yeah. work and a mortgage and just all the pressure and responsibility that comes, you know, with that part of your life. So mm -hmm. it was easier to, um, it was easier to just try or just do mm. I guess I don't know if I'm explaining that very well but they say there's more responsibility to to actively work on things because I there are higher consequences for sure whereas yeah <laughs> am I sort of I don't know if I'm getting no lost that, I I can completely relate so yeah it was like if I yeah I just felt yeah I the, the pressure is higher these days mm -hmm. because you have responsibilities of children and things like that and the risk is greater. So I think back then I was able to sort of not fake it, but I was able just to sort of get on with it yeah. in a different way, whereas now I have to work a little bit harder to yeah. get there. Yeah. Well, I guess because yeah. when you're looking after just yourself, um, 
you know, more of your attention can be placed on you. And so like, I hate to use the word healing, but you know what I mean? Like that looks different to the way it does now. Whereas you're looking after everyone else and you just have these little pockets of time to work on you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's right. it's, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I agree that the anxiety looks different. Mine looks totally different now to the way it did back then. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting having that perspective where you're no longer totally engrossed in it in the way you mm-hmm. used to be. You sort yep. of, I find that I'm standing to the side now and watching it rather than being amongst it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I would love that. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good, um, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I love, you always articulate things so perfectly. Um, every time I read your <laughs> I don't Instagram, feel like it little, today. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I remember when I came across your Instagram and that was that was really when I had that burnt out um, postnatal anxiety, which was at, at the start of COVID. Yeah. And I re- remember being on Instagram and searching for anyone that could relate to the way I was feeling. Because, you know, when you're in that, you feel like you're the only person going through it. Yes. And when I stumbled across you and your page, I was like, oh, and you were in Melbourne. <laughs> Like it's not just me. Like it's someone just up the road that's that's you know feeling the same way. So thank you because yeah. that's the great. I mean, social media can have pros and cons, but finding someone that that relates to how you're feeling just it helps so much. Yeah, yeah. Finding that connection, I agree. Yeah. I I feel the same. And whenever I talk to people on on this podcast and just hear yeah. the stories where I see so much of myself in what other people are saying and it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's amazing but so with um parenting in particular I can't imagine what that would be like going through um PND while through COVID and as well having generalized anxiety like it's just that's a lot (laughs) that is a lot and you said that was your second child as well so you already had another child to care for um I guess when that started like did you you would have probably recognized what was happening to a degree like okay i'm i'm sort of yeah absolutely here. yeah it was it was an experience i had never felt before so pre kids my anxiety was very panic attack based and it was more um isolated so if i had it was more i guess social i, I should probably say it was more a social anxiety back then mm. whereas this particular event or burnout as my psychologist called it was it was burnout it was it was I felt like I was losing control of my mind of myself I just fell into a really dark place it was a really black hole Mm -hmm. and I felt that I couldn't take care of my kids it was more I had this fear come over it came over me like a wave that I was going that something bad was going to happen to me. Like I was going to have a heart attack and die or something, just something tragic was going to happen and it was going to happen with the kids around and they would be scared. And the fear was that I would ruin their life. Mm -hmm. It was, my fear was for them. What would they do? How would they cope? How would my husband cope? And then it was what happens if I lose, like if I lose my mind or it was just this manifestation of just, catastrophizing everything mm-hmm. and then it I I froze I felt like I, I woke up in the morning and I was like I cannot do this I mm-hmm. cannot possibly parent not because I didn't want to because I was scared 
mm-hmm. what if something goes wrong? Yeah. And I just couldn't get myself out of it. I It was horrible. Yeah. yeah. So I, then I immediately, um, so I, yeah, I knew obviously it was post, I knew it was my anxiety coming up um, and I suspected there was a bit of postnatal there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had just returned to work as well from my mat, my, uh, mat leave. And yes, yeah, so it was a big, it was a bit chaotic, but I instantly uh, went to my GP. So I needed to see a new psychologist. I need to, I need help. And they knew mm-hmm. because I was crying and it was, it was bad. Yeah. So yeah. then I saw a psychologist straight up. Actually, that's actually a lie. I was seeing a psychologist, but I went to the GP to get some further assistance and I rang my psychologist and I said, I need to see you now because mm-hmm. I need to see you. And she was fantastic. And I went straight away and mm-hmm. she was like, okay, we're burning out. We've got a bit of postnatal. You're not losing your mind. We're mm-hmm. going to get you through this. And that was, yeah, that was, um, that was the way it all sort of happened. And then it took me a few weeks um, of having, of getting back on my feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and the irony is that then we went into lockdown <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, oh. you know, this, this whole thing of, I can't take care of my, I, I, I thought I couldn't take care of myself or my kids. And here I was in lockdown, you know, taking care of myself and my kids and yeah. our kids. And, yeah. you know, it was, um, it was kind of this irony, the way it all turned out. And mm-hmm. I think to a degree, it made us a little bit closer as well, because I really had to work hard at making sure they didn't suffer mm-hmm. at the hands of what I was going through, plus this unknown situation that we were in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like yeah, no so. normality. It felt like the world was losing control. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And it was completely different. The anxiety was completely different to what I had experienced before. Yeah. 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 It sounds so, like a lot of like your your anxiety before, like you said, the social anxiety, a lot more anticipatory, whereas you yeah. know, the anxiety with the PND was just, I mean, it kind of sounded like you just were drowning in it. Yeah. 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 Well, that's it. I, I was. That's that's exactly how I felt. I felt like I was drowning and, um, yeah, I, I was trying to get my head above water. And I was, mm-hmm. I was very, I'm very thankful. I've got a really good support base. Yeah. Husband's fantastic. My mum was an angel, got me through there every morning trying to help me with the kids until we went into lockdown but you know like yeah there was things happening I had a lot I had a great support base but it was um definitely a milestone in my moment in my life because now it's always going to be a reference point for me um about that time and how I do not want to go back there but the thing (laughs) with that is it's, it's kind of a vicious cycle because there are times when now if I do feel a little bit down or, you know, I can feel myself slipping or if I'm not doing the self-care that I actively know I need to do, yeah. if I feel a slight feeling of anxiousness, um, is that a word, anxiousness? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, um, I start going, oh, my God, it's happening again. I'm going yes. back there. And that is, you know, <laughs> I hit the panic button straight away. Yeah, yeah, I can... Uh, yeah I've said that so many times to my partner like it's happening again yeah he's like today is not tomorrow like and it's not yesterday like yeah you know it's just a bad day today doesn't mean anything it's okay (laughs) and I'm like no (laughs) yeah yeah I I know it's like yeah yeah it's hard but I I you know you already strike me as someone who's so proactive and um I think that's something that people 
uh, <clears throat> I think that's something that people are scared to do a lot of the time is to reach out and get help. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, I guess there's varying reasons, but um, I know for me, I didn't want to be over dramatic, mm-hmm. which, you know, was silly because I was living in something so dramatic and um, I had antenatal depression. So while yeah. I was pregnant and wow. it, like reaching out and getting help was the hardest thing for me to do um, because it felt like I was making everything real, you know? Yeah. And it also yeah. was that thing of being honest again of, of I'm human and I'm struggling. And that's yeah. really difficult, especially as a mum, because you think, what mm-hmm. if they're going to take my children away or, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. But so totally how, how did you sort of, how do you know to say, okay, I need to go get help? Like, is it, um, you know, do you have family that sort of say to you, hey, it's looking like you're not coping or do you just have this inner inner voice is just like know. go <laughs> yeah I just know I just I, yeah I really do have an inner voice that's like you you need to get help I just know mm-hmm. so it's just um I'm very self-aware I've always have been so I and I can feel the difference in my moods like sometimes you might just feel a little bit low mm-hmm. or you might feel a bit just exhausted but when it's that for me when it's that physical feeling of anxiety when I can it's like a different feeling it's that the physical the physical stress starts playing playing up mm-hmm. and that's that's a good, probably a good indicator for me um okay I need to get some control because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm slipping mm-hmm. um once I feel like I'm, I have a real fear of the physical aspects of anxiety mm-hmm. like there's the mental and there's the physical and like the sweaty palms the chest the tight chest the, the, the racing heart once I feel those things mm-hmm. it's usually downhill <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's or it's Sound the, the signal. Yeah. yeah, it's the signal where I'm like, oh shit, it's happening. Um, and that's generally when I need to really, you know, yeah, um, yeah, go and get help. And 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 usually it's at times when I'm feeling particularly overwhelmed. So going back a few months ago, you know, we're in the middle of winter. You know, both both kids are getting sick. You know, because it's just winter and all things are going around through daycare. My, my youngest one had a bit of an accident and need to have an operation. And it was just this, you know, I got sick and it was just every week something new. And it was just, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Okay, I'm feeling like I'm drowning. I can't do this. And then it's just that panic, panic, panic. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to go wrong. And then, I, and then I really catastrophize, which I've always done. So I start thinking, oh, I'm not going to cope. And then it's the I'm not going to cope is going to turn into, um, you know, I might have, um, what if I have another breakdown? What if I need to go into an institution? And I really sort of go really far with it. And um, yeah, and and then, and that's usually a pretty clear sign that I need to get help. Yeah. Um, And I do, like, I'm really good. I'm I'm fine with that. So I straight away, um, because I had to get a new psychologist for different reasons. And um, I was thankful that the one, my new one is also wonderful. So um, yeah, I, instantly reached out to mm. get help straight away and um, really put some like really had to um, make time to get back to doing the things that make a difference for my well-being because mm-hmm. I think it's really easy to slip on those things when you have little kids mm-hmm. um, and I recognize that when I start lacking in that area that's when things start going a bit AWOL yeah 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 so how do you manage that being a mum? Because 
yeah, I I now only just have two children and I'm four months in and it's already fucking hard. So yeah. how do you, yeah, how do you work? How do you like parent two kids and yeah. and then still manage this self-care? Like what does that look like for you? Um, I don't know how I do it. So <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I do it at all. But no, it's really look. It's a juggle and it's a balance. But it's you know, it's the little things that go a long way. Um, so uh, yeah, I do. And these things sound really cliche, but they really work. And I know that you're across it anyway. But for anyone listening, like, so I, I get I, I journal every night. Um, and journaling. It's so fantastic. So I'll put down all, you know, the things I'm grateful for, but I really just express myself in, mm. in, in that and get it off my chest. That's number one. And um, when I'm reading things, when I'm writing things down, it's easier to sort of clear things up in my mind a little bit um, and, you know, set myself little goals and things like that. It's just a way of sort of communicating with myself. Um, and sometimes I just vent to myself in the journal. So journaling is a big thing. Um, but really the other big thing is exercise. So, I try to walk. I'm trying to increase. I'm trying to increase walking, but walking, doing a bit of gym at home, um, and I do actually train. And every time I say it, I laugh because it's so random. I do train Brazilian jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. um, which is, yeah. I started. I've been doing it on and off for about a year, yep. and it's very um, ironic because I do have a fear of being trapped. Mm-hmm. I have a fear of being trapped mentally, physically. Um, that was a big part of my postnatal was being trapped in this world and feeling like I didn't have an escape. Yeah. So then I decided to do a sport that's all about being trapped <laughs> in a physical grapple with someone and having yeah. to escape. Yeah. But it's the perfect exposure therapy. Yeah, of um, And it's been a real challenge, but that has been wonderful in my yeah personal growth in terms of my self-confidence my empowerment um, and building resilience because my resilience level is quite low and Mm -hmm. to go there every class and be out of my comfort zone and having to escape um, and fight back and defend myself but also staying calm Mm -hmm. and working through something systematically I feel like that will hopefully translate into my normal everyday life mm-hmm. and become an association. So when I am feeling stress or if I am feeling trapped at that social event or feeling trapped at work or, or even at home with the kids, I'm hoping that association of, okay, I need to work through this um, will translate into more, and, and more of an effective way of doing it as opposed to just sheer panic mm-hmm. and, and thinking that I can't. So that that's sort of why, or that's, that's why I train jujitsu, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm very good at it, but it's fun, <laughs> and and also it's a good way to relieve relieve some stress. So yeah. I do train two two week two two to three times a week, yeah. um, and I rotate with my husband who also trains, and we go different nights, and we do that um, strategically. So for that hour and a half, we two to three times a week we both have that time to ourselves Mm -hmm. and we go we train we just focus on that class and it's our time out um and that's been a huge part of my self-care um journey and it's funny because when I look back at that 
winter patch where I did fall pretty hard and had to go back to the psychologist I just mentioned um I hadn't trained for a couple of weeks and not just jujitsu I had wasn't walking I wasn't doing gym at home Mm. kids were sick I was barely journaling all those little things that I would normally do just to take a breath I wasn't doing and then all of a sudden I fell yeah and I was like okay what have I what have I not been doing okay it's those little (laughs) things things I I need to be doing (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the things yeah. I should do. So I yeah. seriously, I, I honestly got chills when you were talking about jujitsu, not only because your face lit up, um, yeah. but also <laughs> because uh, I love, I love that. Um, Cause it's so cliched to talk about exercise and anxiety mm. um, and like, you know, it, it helps, like you said, it helps to relieve tension. It helps with your immune system. Like there's so many benefits that we yeah. just sort of generalize. Yeah. But then I think what you spoke to about your experience with jujitsu mirroring your experience in real life um, or in, you know, your day-to-day life. So that, that sensation of being trapped and then working through that. I think there's so much to be said for just that, like having that physical way to work through something that's Mm -hmm. otherwise cognitive is just so, um, so important. And we don't, I don't think we acknowledge that enough. So it was so cool to hear you talk about that. And um, I um, I think it was Alex that was on the show from Spain. Yeah, he does mixed martial arts. Okay. I don't know if that's kind of the same thing as jujitsu. Yeah. I don't know if I'm like tainting it's, it's, both of them. No, no, no. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And he spoke about how helpful that's been for him. Um, and I, I mean, that makes me want to try it because I wonder if it's something that we all need to do that sort of, like you said, fighting, but but staying calm and doing it systematically. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's... absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've got our daughter doing it as well. So she, so um, start, yeah, and she's only six years old. And for all the reasons that I do it mm. is why I want her to do it as well as self-defense and be able to take care of herself. Yeah. Um, but even watching her doing jiu-jitsu, um, her self-confidence and her strength and her just just all that sort of empowerment. I can see that transformation happening. And it's fantastic that it's happening at such a young age yeah. um, because it's the same thing. I wonder if that's going to imp- – I hope that it will help her navigate life because mm-hmm. um, she's going to hit – she's going to have challenges in her life. It's inevitable. Yeah. Um, so we can set that foundation early. Um, I'm hoping – I'm hoping that it's yeah. I think there's this sort of conception with some of these sports that yeah, you're you know, they're fighting like you got your you know, it's all about fighting and that type mm. of thing and violence, but it, it's actually not. It's yeah. actually quite. Um, there's lots of different layers to it, and yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've I've been in situations where I, I went to a family function at the start of the year, and uh, I had been to a similar function to this sort of the year prior where I actually did have a bit of a panic attack mm. and I it, it was random and I actually ended up leaving because um, I couldn't get a hold on it and it was I was mortified afterwards mm. and I apologized to some of the family and everyone was fine but you know it's not a nice feeling yeah. and it was horrible it was just awful and then this similar event popped up at the start of this year and initially my mindset went I'm going to come in a separate car just in case it happens again and I have to leave. Mm-hmm. That was the initial thought. But then I was like, no, no, no. 
I can do this. I can go and be in an uncomfortable situation and work through it the same way I do at training, same way I do at work and sort of I felt this feeling of confidence, like I can do this. Mm. And I did it. Like I went, we had a fun, I stayed, I had a really good time. And I'm just, there's something that tells me that there is a link there between what I've been practicing over the year yeah. um, that wasn't there before. Yeah. I hope that's my theory anyway. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. I think that's totally correct. I think, yeah, I, I get the same thing from yoga. Um, yeah. And that's helped me learn to stay in a lot of uncomfortable situations as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so going back to, you know, what you said about your, your techniques, I guess, or your strategies like journaling and things like that. Yeah. Um, obviously those things are hard to do when you're in the thick of, in the thick of things, when you're, you know, feeling really low. Yeah. Um, if there's one, one that you could pick out that's made the biggest difference, um, which I know is a shit question because they, they all kind of work together. <laughs> like a nice, a nice salad yeah. of, of techniques. But if there was one that you had to pick out, what would it be um, to, to help? Yeah. In terms of when I'm feeling low. Yeah. Is that, yeah. In yeah. terms of when I'm feeling low, if I would say seeing a psychologist, mm-hmm. I think yeah. that is a form of self-care. And yeah. I think going to it, going and getting that help because every, I feel I'm, I'm sort of thinking about the times that I, I've been through this and I think it's that, oh God, I'm falling. I go and get help. I have this, I don't, I don't know, there's something about that support or that guidance and that mm-hmm. gives me that boost to get back up and then to start those little things again. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's sort of, I think that's, that's probably what I would say um but sort of um going with that as well I sort of think in terms of your day of day-to-day things and I use this even when I'm actually in, when I'm having a panic attack so even when I'm so both when I'm feeling low when you, and I'm in a bad place and if I'm having a panic attack mm-hmm. um fresh air so if I'm feeling like crap if I'm sitting at home crying or getting upset about something or feeling panicked or, and I, I've done this recently, a few functions, um, I'm at a, you know, I'm at a wedding as an example. I feel the walls walls closing in. I looked at the person who I, I was talking to, didn't know who they were. And I said, I am so sorry. I need to go outside because I think I've, I'm a little bit claustrophobic. And she's like, yeah, no problem. And I went outside and I just let the air run through my body because yeah. it's a way of grounding yourself and I think senses like my senses getting in touch with my senses has been a big thing for me mm-hmm. um and sort of regrounding myself yeah, yeah. which yeah. I never used to do back sort of pre that burnout event or pre-kids I never the stuff like that I didn't really I was like oh no, yeah it's too simple <laughs> yeah it doesn't work. it's not gonna yeah. work and then yeah. now it's like oh that works yeah who knew <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So th- those little things, and I do that in both situations, which is why I mentioned it. Um, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, oh, and right. on that note, the question I always ask everyone: What would be your one piece of advice um, to someone going through a really dark time? Um, God, one thing I would say: um, 
I think similar to what I just said would be reach out mm-hmm. and get help, whether it be to a loved one, if you don't want to go to a psychologist straight off the bat. I think being, I think, yeah, I think it, I think owning it and, and sort of saying, okay, I am struggling mm-hmm. and then seek help. I think that's, I think that's probably, probably one of the most important things to do. Yeah. Trying to fight it and isolating yourself and thinking, you know, it'll pass, it'll pass, I'll get better. I just, I just, um, I just don't think that works. And yeah. I just think that mental health is so important and just as important as physical health. And you shouldn't, and no one should be embarrassed about it. And I think more people should talk about it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I hope that helps in some way. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for um, for being open about your mental health and sharing um it's yeah yeah, I know it's a a hard thing to do sometimes um especially with social media you know like we're so used to sort of posting like little tidbits but it's hard to sort of come out and (laughs) like here's all my my skeletons in my closet (laughs) yeah 100% but yeah thank thank you for having me it's been really nice being on here and chatting with you no worries at all um if people would like to get in touch with you can they um speak to you over instagram Yep. So I do have an Instagram account. I'm happy for you to um, tag me yep, in it. Cool. Um, and um, yeah, if I can help anyone, that that's fine. Reach out. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jess. Thank um, you. I will link Jess's Instagram in the um, show notes so you can find her there. Thank you for listening to the Us Anxious Folk podcast, the podcast for the chronically overwhelmed, perpetually panicked, anxious folk in all of us. If you would like to find more about me, you can find me on YouTube at Lauren Rose or on Instagram at Lauren R underscore Rose.